Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hello again out there to all our listeners out there in T-Bomb land. And here we go again. Episode, uh, where are we at, Joe, on this? Uh, is this episode 16? It is, I it's, believe. Yeah, it's 16. So altogether, 36 episodes now for everyone's listening pleasure. But, uh, you know, last week we we talked all about uh, creatine. Uh, and, and here we are today. We're going to talk to the expert, right? We We dove into it. So let's get the expert's opinion, right? The guy with approximately 30-plus years of pharmacy experience altogether, graduating, as we've said before, you met him in the introductory show, uh, the University of Toledo, and working in retail pharmacy for approximately three decades now, along with extensive experience with patient counseling and recommendations in general health and wellness and supplementation. And like I said before, he has done small seminars in regards to diabetic health, and he's done interviews on TV for health and wellness. He's back again on Two Brothers, One Mike, our very first repeat guest, Joe, Ron, the pharmacist. Ron, what's going on? Hello, everybody in T-Bomb land. Joe, Tony, great to be back. Uh, I have one complaint, though. Uh-oh. My complaint is the greatest Christmas song ever. Oh, man. Is Christmas <laughs> for Christmas. I don't so, even know. You, you, you've told me this before, and I don't know that I've ever heard this song. Oh, come on. I, I, I Joe, have you ever heard I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas? Absolutely. I don't they, know why. Yeah, I, I, I Joe knows. About it. Yeah, I know. It, it, my kids love it. They thought, oh God, it's all I hear. Well, I can I could tell you this. I, I after after we did that episode, ladies and gentlemen, a couple weeks ago, that was the first the first person I talked to was Ron the pharmacist, and he let me know that I missed that song. And then I started thinking about all the other songs that I missed. Now we have to go. I have to go Google. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas yeah. uh, because it, it only long- only a hippopotamus will do. Uh, uh, see, that's no, right. You guys would know what you're talking about right now. That's like code to me. I have no idea. I, but if I, I go ahead. If I start singing it, I'm going to butcher it. And I mean, I'm good imitating voices, but this lady, there's no way. No. So I'll butcher it. <laughs> so you definitely got to listen to it. And everybody in so, T-Bomb land, you need to YouTube it and listen to the song. It's the greatest Christmas song ever. Well, I missed, I missed a bunch of songs when I think about it. Jingle Bell Rock. I mean, well, I, 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 uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. I missed a bunch of songs, but again, we can only pick five. Um, Walking into Winter Wonderland, I, I think I missed that one too. So, I mean, you know, I, I missed a bunch of them, and apparently I missed the most important one, and that is I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Did I get it right? Yep, that's it. Is it somewhere along the lines uh, as the same uh, as someone left a cake out in the rain? Uh, oh, yeah, it's it's on that level. Okay, all right. And that, that's a song <laughs> we've been laughing and, and making jokes about since we were in high school. Uh, but it's, it's been around that long. So we got that now. All right. We, we've, we've redefined our, should I say, we revised the Christmas list somewhat and we moved. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas into the list somewhere, at least honorable mention, if not top three, I'll, I'll go with that. But that being said, let's get into 
Well, I don't know. Maybe they were listening to the show today, hoping that they would find out more about the Christmas songs. But I have a feeling that everybody else out there is waiting on what your take is as far as creatine is concerned. So I have my very first question is this. Uh, when we were talking, and we don't, I know we don't want to dive so deep into this because people don't want to hear all about the science on this show. But when you talk about creatine being a, a tremendous part of the ATP process, we briefly mentioned in the last episode about adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP, and how creatine plays a big role. Again, not a lengthy step-by-step process, but if you are able to uh, bring to the show today what it is, what's creatine's job there in terms of the ATP process? Creatine helps increase your body's stores of phosphocreatine, Uh which is used to produce new ATP during exercise. And it helps with energy, with fatigue, so in theory, experts say, you know, if you have an abundance of system to help uh, produce ATP, you can sprint longer, you can lift longer, you can run longer. On a physical aspect, it's going to help increase, you know, anything, especially if you're an athlete. And like I said, yeah. this is all in theory. You know what I mean? And right. there is a lot of science behind it. And we, we, we talked in the, in the last episode, uh, Joe and I, we talked about, uh, the ability to have more intense workouts, uh, especially when you talk about high intensity interval training, things of that nature and how creatine plays a big role. So you're basically are just adding to what we were talking about as far as the benefits from a research standpoint, what Correct. they feel that they are finding uh, more and more over time. It definitely helps with that ATP process, which in turn creates the ability to have more intense workouts or perform better during those workouts. Correct. And, yeah. and ATP, you can, you burn through ATP really quick, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you're doing high rep training, uh, sprints, uh, high, uh, hit, uh, high yeah. intensity interval training, right. ATP burns very fast. Right. You know, it, it might extend, it might extend, you know, your ability to go a little longer, but just like anything else, it's going to run, you're going to run out eventually. But right. like I said, creatine just helps you keep it just helps you to keep going. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. That being said, that now that we've elaborated a little bit more on that process, when it comes to, you know, your clients, especially not only just for them, but for their children as well, do they ever come to you and ask you, have you had any questions uh, asked to you as far as what creatine should I take? Should I take creatine? Should my child take creatine? How do you how do you handle those questions? And if if you haven't had anybody actually ask you that, how would you handle that question? No, I've had numerous people ask me that question. You know, hey, yeah. my kid's an my kid's a football player. You know, mm-hmm. is it okay for him to take creatine? You know, I I've been asked this numerous times, and I've, I'm kind of split with this because yeah. you know with with children, you know, young adults, do they really need the creatine? In my opinion, probably not. Mm-hmm. Is it going to is it going to harm them? No. You know, you're it, the younger you are, you know, your body produces ATP quicker than say someone like us in our 50s, okay? Uh-huh. So, in my opinion, like I said, this is my opinion, does a teenager, you know, that's an athlete need creatine? In my opinion, in my opinion, no. But on the other side of that, is it going to harm them? I don't believe so. You know, as long as they're staying hydrated, you know, they follow 
you know, a typical workout regimen for their age. Now, if they're a super athlete, now, now I'm going to go a little bit out of bounds with this. Say your, your kid is a super athlete, which yes. most, which most kids aren't, but say your kid's going to go to, you know, Ohio state and he's going to be an all-star, an all-star running back. You know, am I going to persuade them not to push their kids to be on some creatine to maybe give them that little bit of extra edge? No, I'm, I'm not going to tell them not to, you know, so, but right. there's extremes. If you just have a normal kid that is kind of a couch potato video game kid, is that kid ever going to need to take creatine? Absolutely not. I got you. you know, it just, you know, you have a lot of kids that are in multiple sports, you know, basketball, football, track. And like I said, I, I'm not going to sway them to do it, but I'm not going to sway them against it, depending on what their goals are. I, yeah, I feel I feel the same exact way. Uh, I have this often brought to me when I'm training young people. I have their parents always coming to me, and they don't even ask the question sometimes. They, they say to me, hey, Coach Tony, he needs creatine. And the parent literally has no idea why. They've done some research by reading an article, and they feel that the only way that their son is going to get better is by taking creatine. And I try to go by the rule of uh, an organization known as the ISSN um, and an authority, basically an authority figure in understanding supplementation. They give a, a set of rules that I try to go by. And I always simply just give this to the parent. And then I have the parent talk to the phys- their physician at the same time. And then I help in that decision-making process. I never say to the parent, listen, you definitely need creatine. So what I do is I go by that. And I'm going to just real quick uh, out there, I'm going to give people what the ISSN says, some of the, some of the um, stipulations are, whether or not a creatine supplement should be good for your child. It's only when following certain conditions. And here they are. Number one, the athlete is past puberty and is involved, okay, and is involved in serious competitive training that may benefit from creatine supplementation. Ron, the pharmacist just pointed that out when he was talking about an advanced athlete playing at the collegiate level. Number two, the athlete is eating a well-balanced performance enhancing diet. That is something that we talk about often on this show. And so, I mean, that that's always a problem when it comes to young people, if you ask me, uh, as far as eating a well-balanced performance enhancing diet. Number three, the athlete and their parents understand the truth concerning the effects of creatine supplementation. We talked a lot about that in the last episode. Number four, the athlete's parents approve that their child takes supplemental creatine. The parents have to approve of this process, okay? Quality supplements are always being used. The athlete does not exceed the recommended dosage. Now, would you agree or disagree when it comes to the recommended dosage that young athletes always think more is better. Oh, absolutely. Well, if I take, you know, if you go after you're done with a loading phase of creatine, then you go to the normal, you know, dose per day of creatine. Yeah. Kids, most kids would be like, well, why take a scoop when I can take two? Right. Well, you're, you're kind of overloading your system. Then you're going to get a whole slew of effects. Yes. Diarrhea, bloating, possibly mm-hmm. headaches. I mean, there's there's all kinds of parameters that go with taking too much. And I've said in the past on the first show I was on, more is not necessarily better. It can actually be harmful. So yeah. that's where the that's where the parents come into play. You know, they, they need to monitor this because kids are kids. 
kids think right. they know everything and i'm not trying to you know bash on the younger generation we were kids, but we were kids. i know exactly yeah. and i yeah. thought i knew everything well guess what i didn't really didn't know much of anything no so no, it, as it, long as as long as the parents are overseeing it and they're taking the recommended dosage so be it and you mentioned something in that conversation just now and what you were just talking about the loading phase so when when looking at it like the loading phase i've always paid attention to a rule that i learned that says approximately 20 milligrams per day for two weeks so therefore around four times a day five milligrams each dose uh anything that you want to add to that as far as that loading phase is concerned how did, how well, there- did you do it if you've done it well, here's the deal with creatine. Creatine, the reason you have a load of loading phase is you want to saturate your system. Mm-hmm. You're going to push you're going to push your system to the limit of what it can absorb. So, and in in pharmaceuticals, there's a term we call steady state. So, once you get through your loading phase and you go down to the normal dosage per day, your body gets to a steady state level. So that okay. means you're keep, keeping a consistent amount of creatine in your body because after the loading your body's going to burn it up. You're going to expel it. You know what I mean? So you yes. need to you need to saturate the body, get on the daily dose. Now you're in a steady state phase where your body gets a consistent dose of it. And if you actually had blood work done, it would show day by day you have the same amount of creatine in your system. So to me, the loading phase is very important. But once again, when we're talking about kids, well, I'll take two scoops instead of one. Look right. at it this way. Picture a sponge. Okay. Take, you take a sponge, you put it on the counter, you pour a cup of water on it, and it sucks up the whole cup. Well, now you take that same sponge, now you p- try to pour a gallon of water on it. It doesn't happen. You have an excess mm. of water now. Right. Same with, same with creatine. Too much is not better. Kidney overload. Not saying that would happen, but it's still a possibility. And like I said, you- diarrhea, bloating, headaches. I mean, it just, you know, just as long as you follow the recommended dosages, you're good. And, and folks, if you can recall in, in the last episode, I told you when I was about 22 years old and was introduced to creatine, uh, back when I first started getting more and more involved in, in strength movements and, and, and gaining muscle and gaining weight, uh, I went that route of what, what Ron the Pharmacist is talking about. And if you can recall what I said, everything he's talking about with the bloating and the diarrhea and the cramping, that was me. And it took me a long time to realize until I researched it while that why that was happening it too much of anything is not good creatine is uh not off the hook here definitely and that's you know that's the same situation that happened with ephedra when it comes to when it came to hydroxy cut how much of this stuff were these young people taking is the question i always had that it to me was one of the biggest problems when it comes to things of that nature it's not that it's not always is this stuff bad? Sometimes you have to look at how much of this stuff is the individual actually putting in their body, thinking that their performance is going to enhance times three or times four, simply because they're taking more of what more than the recommended daily dosage. And I mean, and that's that's a shame because uh, things like that happen, and the ultimate happened in that situation. The ultimate bad thing, and I don't remember how many people actually died from that. But I mean, one, one death is too many. So, uh, when we're moving on here, I have another question. When you're talking about, let's say from a food and drink standpoint, are there any studies you have heard of or that 
that you have researched, you know, facts you've learned in your profession that tell us what night, you know, what might not go well with creatine. Again, uh, talking about from a food and drink standpoint. Well, from a food and drink standpoint, anything high in caffeine is bad. Mm. Okay. Because caffeine, too much caffeine can dehydrate you. Mm-hmm. And some guys like to drink caffeine all day. I've been one of these high caffeinated people for a long time. And over the last couple of years, I've slowly decreased the amount of caffeine I ingest because, okay. you know, it, it overloads your system. It can cause, you know, mixed with creatine, uh, adrenal gland overload mm-hmm. where, you, where you eventually you, you're going to feel exhausted all the time. Uh, so high caffeine products stay away from and especially stay away from. There's a lot of products that have creatine mixed with two to 300 milligrams and even more of caffeine in the same dose. I'm totally against those. Ah. You know, I'm not going to say the name of the product, the product I used to take. And I'm sorry, if you take something and it gives you a pre-workout and it gives you diarrhea every day. Yeah, guess what? You shouldn't be taking that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's a joke with weightlifters. Oh, you know, I took my pre-sup, you know, my pre-workout and, you know, next thing you know, I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah anything that, do, anything that does that on a daily basis, your body's telling you is, is, is telling you the truth. That's right. a no, no, you know? Yeah. So, you know, so caffeine's number one, alcohol bad, just because just like caffeine, it can dehydrate you. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to be dehydrated on creatine. Creatine is a cell volumizer. And what I mean by that is creatine causes your cells an uptake of more fluid and more water into your cell. So in theory, if the cell retains more water, bigger cell, bigger muscles, Mm. bigger muscles, more strength, bigger muscles, faster, you know, so you don't want anything that's going to per se dehydrate you. And, you know, or if you have somebody who likes high, high fiber foods all the time, like Mm -hmm. you had somebody talking about on a, on a past show about fiber how it really doesn't have an effect on a lot of things. But the only thing fiber can do, fiber in a lot of ways can dehydrate you if you have too much fiber in your diet and you're not drinking enough fluid. Then if you're adding creatine to that mix, that's a whole slew of issues. You know what I mean? And another thing thing I've read, foods that are highly acidic don't necessarily mix well with creatine because they actually break the creatine down. So high acidic foods, that could be a, a citrusy fruit like, I wouldn't take grapefruit with creatine, like grapefruit juice. Grape juice, grape juice, yes. Grapefruit juice, no. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's that's one of those little intricate things. Okay. So, but in ter- but in terms of actual like eating, eating like regular foods, I've never really read anything that's going to have a huge detriment detrimental effect on creatine. You know, so, because you get, you know what I mean. So. It's more about what you ingest drink-wise. Like I said, caffeine and alcohol are the two biggest culprits. Okay. So if you're, you know, let's say you're on the, the paleo diet uh, plan and you're, you're eating, you know, uh, certain food, you can basically be on that plan, uh, take your creatine and be fine. You just have to watch the foods that are high uh, in acidity. You have to watch the caffeine intake. And obviously you're drinking when it comes to, uh, you know, obviously you shouldn't be drinking a lot anyway, but um, right. you have to watch your, your alcohol intake um, Correct. Uh, when it comes to, you know, ingesting creatine, the proper dosage anyway, uh, in, Correct. Your, in your workout program. And, and we did talk in, in detail about caffeine uh, last week, Joe and I, 
uh, we did not get a chance to touch on all that other stuff. So that's good information. But so you look at the food and drink side of things. Let's move over to the medical side of things. Are there certain medications out there that you know of that you always tell your patients or you would tell your patients, your clients, I should say, absolutely do not intake creatine while taking this medication? And why, why yeah. would that be? Well, you have to watch uh, meds for GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disorder, which okay. for most people stands for heartburn. You know, you get that burning in your chest. Mm-hmm. That's GERD. That's, that's the flap in your stomach opening up, and you get acid that comes up mid-chest, and it's like a burning sensation. Anybody who has your gastric issues with, you know, eating acidic foods like, you know, sauces or anything, they'll say, oh, my heartburn's awful. Well, you have people like that. They're going to take over-the-counter products like Pepsid, over-the-counter Prilosec or prescription, prescription Protonics, uh, Tagamet, Pepsid. Like these, these type of products that what they do is they turn off a system in your body that produces stomach acid. Well, you need the natural stomach acid to help with the breakdown of the creatine once it gets into your digestive tract where it really gets absorbed. Okay. So these type of meds stop that process. So you want to stay away from those meds. So anything basically for heartburn. Now, calcium carbonate like Tums, that's not such a big thing because that's quick relief. That's dissolving the acid in your stomach right now. But these other meds turn off a mechanism in your system, which I'm not even going to go into detail with that. But these are the type of meds that you want to avoid. Anything, the main meds that are for GERD, which basically heartburn, you know, any type of symptom like that, especially if you're on it daily. And other things, you know, you can have stuff like, we're going a little bit farther into the spectrum, but like a med like, a med like cyclosporin, you know, it has multiple uses, but majority of people, you know, you're not going to see the general population taking cyclosporin NSAIDs, which are common though, stuff like ibuprofen, uh, Aleve, Motrin, Advil, stay away from those. Uh, I would also stay away from something like Lasix, generic name furosemide, uh, spironolactone, which is generic aldactone, Bumex, which is bumetanide. Those are water pills. Okay. So say, say you have somebody, you know, especially there are over-the-counter water pills that are not really effective. I don't recommend them. But some people are like, well, I'm going to try to drop a couple pounds. Let me pop some of these over-the-counter diuretics. Well, if you're on creatine and you're trying to lose water weight, well, creatine is doing the absolute opposite of it. So people that are on diuretics for, and most people are on diuretics, you normally for heart issues, less water in the system, you know what I mean? Less strain on the heart. So then that can go into another extreme. If you're, if you have congestive heart failure, if you're older, if you're having heart issues, high, high blood pressure, and you're on a diuretic, yeah, you probably shouldn't take creatine. Yeah. Folks, this is information right here that I hope that you are taking in. And again, uh, like I've said a million times in the past, the beauty of podcasting is that this show is here forever. Therefore, if there's some information that you may have not picked up on, uh, regardless of who's speaking in this situation here, Ron, the pharmacist being interviewed, uh, you should play the show again and listen again. The second time around is always the better time when it comes to auditory learning. Uh, and really taking the information that he's providing right now, especially through somebody who's extremely interested in taking creatine and doing it the right way. One more question. One more question for today's show. 
there's different types of creatine that you can take out there. My understanding has always been the best kind of creatine is creatine monohydrate. Have you ever heard that before? Yes. And, and, and the thing is, cre- and why creatine is monohydrate, well, you know, I, I, I mean, from a standpoint, mm-hmm. it's the most abundant and it's the one that they've put the most research into it. So okay. If somebody wants to take creatine, creatine monohydrate, I'm going to always say is probably the way to go just because it's been around the longest. The most research has been done on it. You know, you'll see in like to go off key here a little bit, you'll have a med that's been around a long time. Okay. Then you get all these new drugs that come out and come out. But a lot of a lot of doctors still prescribe the old stuff. Why? Because they've been around so long. They're proven okay. to do this, that, and the other. Whereas the new guy on the block, yeah, he's got to prove himself, but it's going to take some time. So me personally, creomonohydrate, way to go. Okay. So and then that's the one that I've always that's the one I've always uh, uh, um, paid attention to. That's the one that I've always taken. So I'm glad I'm I'm going down the right the right trail there, the right track. Um, and it's usually the one that I recommend. Uh, so that being said, there's one other thing, Joe. We discussed this uh, in the last episode when we talked about creatine. Um, we talked about you know from a neurological standpoint, and and we don't want to get too far into that portion of it there's a lot of extensive research that goes into it whether or not creatine helps for for uh, i everyone i think ron the pharmacist uh myself and joe all agreed on this before the show started today when you say creatine the number one reason people want to hear about it is what we've just given you guys what can we take with it what can we not take with it and what's it going to do to make us bigger faster stronger and that's your biggest concern for anybody who's concerned about the neurological uh uh benefits that they're starting to find the biggest problem like i said in the last episode is a lot of the research is done on animals and a lot more extensive research needs to be done before you can automatically say the creatine helps with anything from uh alzheimer's to dementia uh and and so on and so forth to ms and so on and so forth so just real quick joe you had asked me in terms of alzheimer's and dementia and where they're related and does creatine have anything to do with helping people who have dementia. And all I could tell you is this, that studies that they have done on healthy individuals um, that have shown positive effects of creatine supplementation on short-term memory and spatial memory, along with studies that have reported, uh, and, and folks, this is where it gets crazy. It reported the neuroprotective effects of creatine give rise to a curiosity about how creatine supplementation can help people suffering from memory loss. Now, that's where that's where I, I leave it. So, in other words, this is not the show for that. Um, there's not a whole. There's not an extensive amount of research done where we can look at each other and say creatine definitely is a way to go right now in order to help with any type of neurological disorders. So for the purpose of this show, and I think the other two gentlemen will agree with me, let's stick with the fact that we're telling you what to take, what not to take in terms of food, in terms of medication, with your creatine supplement, what the best kind of, uh, best kind of creatine supplement to take is. And for your purposes out there, ladies and gentlemen, which is to make you bigger, faster, stronger, and that there are a lot of there is a lot of research out there that says that it does indeed help uh, more than hinder any process. Fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah. it, you, you can go back to what I said, said about it being a cell volumizer. And I'm 
kind of speaking once again out of context of what we're doing if your cell holds more water mm -hmm. that's a healthy cell you know what i mean mm -hmm. so going going to what you're talking about a nice a cell full of water is a healthy cell so in regards to that maybe just the the accumulation of water it could be something as simple as that that's helping different type of neurological diseases mm -hmm. and it, like i said it could be something just as simple as that okay fair enough um that basically is everything that we wanted to talk about uh, when it comes to creatine uh, over the last two shows, actually. But we we received a lot of concrete information, and a lot of beneficial information from Ron, the pharmacist today. We've said this before in the past, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be on the show every time we talk about supplements. And here we are. Uh, our first supplement that we introduced is one of the more popular ones, creatine. And as we promised, Ron, the pharmacist on the follow-up show to help us and guide us through that process and give us a lot of in-depth research and understanding as to how this particular supplement can help or hinder you and so much more that went with that. So Ron, the pharmacist, we appreciate everything today. Um, we truly uh, always uh, look forward to the next episode, which is in the near future when we continue on this road with supplementation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate being here. Love the T-Bomb show. Like to spread some information to everybody out there. It's a good thing. Knowledge is king. So, you know, don't just go by what we say. Like I said before and what Tony has said before and Joe, this is a journey. You yes. got to put the work in. You got to put the time in. You know what I mean? It's just you have to put some effort into it. We can tell you so much, but you've got to expand your knowledge too. Absolutely. Joe, what do you got for us today? You've been hiding uh, behind. I don't know what you're doing. What you I, I'm going? taking notes. I'm just sitting. I'm writing everything down, <laughs> and I'm, then, then I realize I have it all here in front of me. But, but, but uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, I had a, a quick question. Uh, we said monohydrate. You were talking about what's the other one? Oh, there's a you know what? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, there's a trihydrate. It's they're mainly all hydrates. Mm -hmm. Monohydrate is in like 99.999 percent of them. But I believe there's a, a, a trihydrate, and I'm trying. There was another one. That was I honestly, popular. I've been so hooked on monohydrate. Wasn't there a dihydrate at one time? I believe so. You know, there, there's different forms of it. And like I said, monohydrate's king. That's like literally in everything. And a lot okay. of these companies, they, they make a synthetic <laughs> version of it. It'll be creatine, monohydrate, blah, 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 blah. They'll add another compound to it. And there's no research or studies done on that. So, you know what I mean? A lot of these companies that claim that, like Tony said, bigger, faster, stronger, they claim their product's the best. But in yeah. the same effect, you'll look at the product and it's got 300 milligrams of caffeine, which is going to negate what you're trying to do. All right. Yeah. And, and I'm going to throw this out there too, Tony. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm not just, uh, uh, you know, overstepping. I don't, I don't think I will be, but uh, okay. I really believe that the next supplement we really, we, we should, we should address because I think it's very important. There's a lot of kids out there, as we've talked about. Uh, and, and although it may not be the majority of our demographic, they need to hear about pre-workout. 
Um, you know, I have a 20 year, 20 something year old who just swears by this stuff. Um, and well, you know, I know he, well he texts, he, he texts and calls me often as well. You're 20 year old, 20 yeah, plus and, year old. Yeah. And, and, and you know, as well as I do, probably not in a position where he should even be bothering with the stuff. No, uh, I, I don't think it's really good for a lot. Maybe there's a good one out there. I don't know. But, uh, that said, I really want to, so, and, and I, I guess in a way I'm kind of, kind of sending Ronnie on his way with, uh, uh, with his marching orders to, uh, and I doubt he has to do any real research. It sounded like you have quite a bit to say already. <laughs> oh yeah. I, we're going to say there's a lot whole other show. <laughs> oh yeah. I could talk. We could talk a lot about pre-workouts and okay, I'll, so- I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was, I used to be the pre-workout King. Yes. You know, Ron, what are you taking? This, this, this. Oh yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. No, I went <laughs> back to the basics, just a basic product. It's got caffeine in it. It's got amino acids in it. That's it. Very yeah. basic product. Yeah. And it's, it's a controllable dose. It's like 50 milligrams of caffeine per scoop. You know, so many essential amino acids per scoop. And you control it. You could take one scoop. You could take up to six if you really want a huge boost. But I don't normally recommend that. There's no reason, you know, to take 300 plus milligrams of caffeine before a workout. Like right. I said, I used to do it myself. You know? Right. I took one pre-workout. It had 400 milligrams of caffeine in it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a beast in the gym today. Hey, folks. Yeah. What is my vision? Yeah. Yeah, Folks, if you're wondering how much 400 milligrams of caffeine are, uh, I would equate that to two 12 ounce cups of coffee. Um, At least. At least. At least. It's probably actually more than that. Yeah. So, So we're maybe even 30. 30 uh, ounces of coffee. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I used to coffee. do, I used to do like a six ounce black before, yeah, like a half an hour before. So I wasn't bloated. Well, a six ounce black coffee is way yeah. different than no. 30 to 35, sure, 36 sure, ounces. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, 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 and here, and here, what you have to realize with that in a pre-workout getting three to four to 450 milligrams of caffeine in you're talking four ounces of water. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Ca- caffeine will dehydrate you, and yeah, you're not yeah, bringing yeah. in much liquid. So yeah. you know, you mean we're 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 going down another rabbit hole with that. So yeah, right, we definitely yeah. want to say, well, this is good stuff for another show. So so Absolutely. so there we have it, folks. You already know that not the next show, but the next supplement show will definitely be uh, about pre workout and. Obviously, from what you can tell, you have to really be careful when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. So we will go down that rabbit hole uh, in the near future. But the next show, Joe, you've mm-hmm. thrown this into my lap. Um, Joe's going to let me talk about what the next show is going to be. It's because I can't remember the words. I can't yeah. pronounce the words the way you do. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and so it, real quick and, and just a quick example. The next show, we're going to get back to the workout phase. And when we talk about working out, we're going to talk about three different types of strength. We're going to talk about eccentric, concentric, and isometric. So I thought egomaniac was in there somewhere. Well, I'm sure there's a few egomaniacs. See, that's why why I gave it over to you. Yeah. So it's a good thing you did. So when we talk about those three strengths, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to – I'll give you a quick example now as a preview, and we're not going to get too far into detail. Concentric strength, if we take the bench press – let's just take the bench press – Delivering the, the, the weight from your chest up before you rack it is concentric. As you lower the bar down to your chest is eccentric. If you take the bar off and hold it there and do not move the bar and try to hold it there as long as you can, that is isometric. So 
that's it. That's as much information as I'm going to give you in order for you to understand somewhat of where we're going with this show next week. And we're going to talk all about, about why all three of these play a huge role in producing the most strength you could possibly produce. And while they're all beneficial to you, which one may be the most beneficial, the least beneficial and when you should do them and when you shouldn't do them. And just examples, different examples of workouts where you can use each one of these particular strengths. That's all in the next two brothers, one mic. All right. Very good. And until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony, Ron, the pharmacist, and myself, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody out there. Be the best you out there in T-Bomb land. All you egomaniacs. Where'd you, why, why would you even think egomaniacs? I think it was the eccentric, eccentric or <laughs> ecocentric or what was it, eco-friendly. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's, we're confusing everybody now. Okay, have a good one, everybody.